January 11th, 2023. I'm Ron Scharf. I'm Avi Kaufman. And this is Accent Insights. Well, Happy New Year to our listeners. As I said, it's the beginning of January, and today is a Wednesday, which for our regular listeners, you know that it is Broker Tour Day in Brookline. Um, not a lot of new listings today, and Avi's going to talk a little bit about whether that's the norm or not. Uh, we did see a few, and we're going to talk about them. But you know, the question we always get to start the year with our fundamental question is, what is going on in the market? right now in Brookline, Newton and surrounding areas. And I think, you know, our answer today is, you know, it really depends. Uh, so we'll talk a few, talk about a few listings that we uh, have some experience with and that we've seen, and we'll give you, uh, we'll give you our thoughts on those. Avi, why don't we start with what's going on since the beginning of the year with respect to new listings? Yeah. And I, something that we typically see in terms of the timing of the market, we see a seasonality in this market where, it's often quiet from Thanksgiving onward. And after New Year's, we start to see a trickle of new listings that continues to build to a stream in the spring. And spring and summer are usually when we see the most activity. The signs so far are that we're following that usual pattern. In terms of the number of listings on the market right now, it's in the normal range. For example, in Brookline, looking at condos, there's 40 listings today. And that's in line with the, the several past years, the exception being 2021, when there was a big overhang of inventory, pandemic related, uh, but we're following normal patterns with that year accepted. Also with the number of new listings, number of new listings, again, let's use condos in Brookline as sort of a bellwether. Uh, there are 15 new condo listings for the year, uh, five new home listings. Some of these have been relisted from things that didn't sell, but this is in the normal range. The normal range in the past five years has been 11 to 15 new listings of condos in the first uh, week and a half of the new year. So very normal. Uh, same thing with the number of listings that have accepted an offer. Yeah, I will say one thing, though. You know, th there's a little bit of a different feel uh, to me. And until we looked at the numbers carefully, I was I was actually a little surprised to, to hear what they bore out because... Um, there were, I think, something like 20 open houses this past weekend, and that's pretty unusual. Typically in January, um, sellers are quiet. You know, the, the a lot of what's on the market has sort of been sitting around and it's been shown and there have been open houses on them. Um, this weekend, there were a lot of, you know, as Avi said, listings that have already been on the market for a little bit, uh, but a lot of open houses. And it felt like, you know, more than usual. But the numbers say otherwise. So maybe the, you know, the sellers are being a little bit more aggressive trying to get their marketing done. Uh, but it is, it is shaping up so far like a normal year. And if that's true, uh, we will, as Avi said, expect to see a trickle of listings, you know, for the next, let's say six to eight weeks. And then end of February, early March is when things come on. And, and also when the demand picks up. And what I think we'll also see is if this is a normal acting market, the way it has been the past few years, in that core part of the market, the things that are most desirable still will have more demand than supply. We'll still see multiple bidders for well-priced housing. Right. And we have, and we've had a little experience with that this week, right? Avi, you had a you had some clients put an offer in on a small house in Newton. And why don't we talk about uh, how that went? 
Yes, uh, the proverbial uh, small house in Newton or in Brookline or uh, this is kind of what a lot of people are looking for, something that is affordable uh, within their budget, not new construction. So th this was a new listed house this year, uh, just in the past couple of days. It was listed for $1.2 million. It was walkable to the T, walkable to Crystal Lake. And the open house was so overflowing with people. There must have been 100 parties through there. Now, that translated to six offers. Uh, and you know, my clients were one of the six. And the offer, you know, we don't know the exact winning bid, but the winning bid was, we know more than 100,000 over asking price. It gave the seller a very long closing that the seller wanted and it waived uh, at least the home inspection contingency. And, and you know, I don't know their mortgage situation. Um, so that is something that we, typically saw when the market was hot, which suggests that for this part of the market, it's still very active. Now, perhaps in years past, there might have been 10 or 12 offers for something like this. And this year, for this first week, we saw six offers, but still clearly very competitive. For sure. And just to be clear, so your, your clients put in an offer. It was over the asking price, but it, it wasn't the one that won. That's right. Uh, this was my client's first offer, a very strong offer, but, you know, sometimes it's just not strong enough. And, you know, the conversation we have with the clients is to find that point of indifference. We've talked about this uh, many times before on the podcast, the idea that you want to find the price to offer, where if you find out that you lost by a little bit, you don't feel about regret. You want to find the, the price where if you know that someone offered more, you feel like, okay, you know, you offered what you think it's worth. On the other hand, if you found out someone offered way less, you also wouldn't feel regret because you feel it's worth it. Right. And again, this was an unusual, um, or it is sort of that, not a unicorn, but you know, that, that well, that highly sought after, you know, that the house for under a million and a half dollars in, in Newton, which doesn't really exist that often in Newton and certainly not in Brookline. So, you know, it's not a surprise. Many of the people who bid on this were probably looking at condos as well. And to find a single family, even one that's a little bit smaller, uh, is, is something that people are very happy uh, to get. And, and you saw that in the enthusiasm there. Um, switching gears, let's talk a little bit about a property that we saw today on Broker Tour Brookline, and that's 533 Boylston Street. Um, and this is in the Fisher Hill Estates. It's a townhouse. Uh, they have garage parking. It's, you know, there's some amenities, there's tennis courts. It overlooks the reservoir. So it's not sort of central Brookline in the sense that you can walk to the village or Coolidge Corner or Washington Square. Uh, but it is, you know, definitely in an area that if you're coming from the suburbs is going to feel like you're, you're moving closer to the city. And you, you know, if you like to run around the reservoir, you're right there. And this is, you know, it's a, it's an interesting property because it's 3,285 square feet. It's almost 3,300 square feet, three bedroom, three and a half bath. And it's priced at 2 million. And, you know, we went through there. It's, it's, a, it's in very good condition. You know, some might say it's totally movable. Some might say I'd really like to redo the bathrooms. I think the kitchen still holds up well. The bathrooms may be looking a little bit dated a little bit. Um, so this is definitely a different different tastes might see it differently situation. But, you know, we were looking at this and trying to figure out, wow, is $2 million the right price for that? 
Right. And this was built in the 80s, 1984. Now, the square feet, so they listed this as 3,285 square feet, which gives it a very attractive price per square foot for for Brookline, a relatively new construction. Now, this is where you have to look at the function and look at this in its totality. There aren't very many things like this uh, as a complex, as something with a garage, as a townhouse that lives like a single family. But the actual number of square feet isn't the sole driver of this. Um, you know, on the public record, it says that this is 2,250 square feet or total area, which presumably includes some of that lower level because it's this sort of half level step design, 2,550 square feet. But they say that their floor plan person measured it as um, 3,285, but they say that the condo docks have it as 3,700 square feet. So look, you, you have four different numbers for what the actual square feet are. So I guess the point is the price per square foot is only part of the story. The other way to look at that is what do you get for it? This is three bedrooms on the upper level, but also a fourth bedroom and kind of au pair suite or in-law suite on the finished lower level. Uh, and you have uh, also the living room, dining room, and kitchen. So it does feel like an attached single family house. And just to clarify, this is on Boylston Street, but it's part of those Fisher Hill estates, as Ron said. And so it's set back uh, and it's not right on Route 9. Right. So, you know, again, as Avi said, it's, it's, it's an interesting place. It does, so it lives kind of like a single family. It's a little bit compact. Those, you know, the, there's only three bedrooms on the upper floor. The, it's a very nice guest area, let's say, and in the lower level, it is a basement, right? So there's a bedroom and a bathroom and a, and a family room in the basement. So, you know, you can't forget that that's a basement, uh, but, you know, two million bucks. So plus, we're... plus there's a, a high kind of fee, relatively high, 1646 a month. But we should note that includes a swimming pool, the road maintenance, the exterior maintenance, uh, the tennis courts. All those things, which if you were to pay for those separately, would certainly um, cost a lot. So you get a lot of benefits, but you also have a higher fee. So it appeals to probably a different crowd than uh, a standalone home or a half a house somewhere else. Right. But now if we're talking about Brookline, so can you get a standalone home for two million bucks? You know, we have a couple of other listings that have come on recently, one that's come off, uh, two that have come off, that sort of tell you how diverse that that number is. You know, so an interesting listing is is at Eleven Gorham Avenue. This is not far away physically, but it's a totally different kind of neighborhood. It's a it's a great block near Brookline High School. It was a two family house, um, older, much older, and like. The kind of house that, yes, someone could move into and say, if I'm down to my last dollar, I want to move here because I want to be in that location. And I want this much space and I'm going to put off my renovations. But many people would say, I want to renovate it. So that was two and a quarter, two, two, five. And um, it went under agreement in seven days. So could have been a developer. There may be money to be made there. It's or could have been someone who said, oh, you know, it's a two family and one of the units is much smaller. So I'm going to put my family in the bigger unit and we'll use the other one for income. Uh, but totally different kind of product, similar price point. Um, another, not I wouldn't say a comp, but another 
another opportunity at this price point was a, a condo that we've talked about before on the podcast at 21 Clarence Street. And Avi, that's your neighbor. Why don't you remind our listeners what, what that one was all about? Right. So this one also, like you said, different from those first two examples. This was uh, half a house. It was a new construction. This was the, um, the four bedroom, three bathroom, 2,400 square feet. It was listed for 1.975. So just a little under 2 million. It took about 30 days to get an offer, but it's now under agreement. And this is first floor and basement, but it is a new construction addition to uh, a house. And, um, you know, it's, it's around the same point, price point. It's a very different neighborhood from those other two. It's more in the JFK Crossing Coolidge Corner uh, neighborhood. Very walkable. Uh, I think a great neighborhood. Uh, probably the best. I think uh, everyone thinks a great neighborhood, you know, other than some of the neighbors. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, it's a very different type of person who's going to be interested in 21 Clarence Street versus the one we saw today at 533 Boylston Street. You know, one's in a complex with a tennis court and swimming pool and has attached garage. And, you know, that the Boylston Street was about 40 years old versus 21 Clarence Street is new, but it's also standalone, a more walkable neighborhood versus Gorham, where you know, maybe you're looking at it as we're going to renovate it for our family, or maybe a developer's looking at it. They, they require different amounts of investment and of very different lifestyles, even in um, similar but different neighborhoods. Right. And to complicate matters a little bit more, uh, a listing that came on today that did not have a broker tour is 50 Russell Street Unit 2. And this one, you know, is also, this one they're asking 2.15 so a little bit more than the one in Fisher Hill Estates. And this is also an up-down condo, but this is the up part of the up-down condo. But it's not new. It's not a new renovation. So this it's is, got a new uh, kitchen. This is, must be a two-family that's being split. And just for reference, this is next to that Coolidge Park. So just up the street from JFK Crossing, right. consider this Coolidge Corner. Oh yeah, no fabulous neighborhood. Everyone loves this neighborhood. Um, and you know, again, here you've got a condo that is looks good, is not completely gut renovated like the one on Clarence Street, uh, but it's it doesn't have any of its bedrooms in the basement. And you know, very different ways to spend your money, very different style of living, uh, different neighborhoods, different walkability. Uh, but we think you know, th that this is still an active part of the market, right? Clarence, I think for the seller who is actually going to be living in the other unit, that 30 days to offer might've felt like a long time, but it's not bad, right? Given what's been happening with interest rates and all that, uh, that's relatively quickly. We kind of feel like, you know, these other two units will probably go also relatively quickly. And you know that, that leads to, to one other thing that we talked about, when we were trying to determine the value of the Boylston Street unit, you know, what do you do if you like it, right? If you're, you know, it's January, which is typically a quiet part of the market. Um, if you like it, but don't love it, you know, if you think the price is good, but not great, you know, do you make an offer on the first weekend, right? That's a very interesting question because if this unit doesn't go under agreement right away, Right. You as a buyer might feel like you've got a little bit more 
uh, room to play in terms of asking for contingencies or negotiating money off. But do you risk it because it is a fairly unique offering? And if you think the price is right, um, maybe you should go for it. So it's it's a it's a tough question, right? And I think it comes down to how bad do you want it, right? It, it does uh, present you with this opportunity. Um, our goal is to help the client get into the right house for them, a house that they'll love at a price that they can afford. Now, for some people, they need to feel like they got a deal or feel like they beat the competition to be happy. So you have to examine your own soul and know what is it that you want that will make you you happy from the deal. For some people, it's just securing the housing at what we believe to be a fair price. For other people, you need to wait a week so that you feel like you're getting everything out of it that you can. But th this is also what we'll sometimes find is in the beginning of a person's search is that they'll, they'll try to um, push a little bit harder on, on different elements and then we'll lose a house or two. And then we'll sort of have their, their realization of, okay, this is what I want and this is what I have to do to make it happen. And, you know, I think that choice, it's an individual choice based on, where the, the buyer is and where the seller is and what what they prioritize at that moment. That's right. That's right. Well, we will keep you, our listeners, posted on you know how these uh, how these various listings are going uh, in future episodes. Um, we'll let you know, and that will because we're constantly trying to keep take and keep the temperature of the market so that we know how to advise our clients how aggressive to be. You know. Uh, whether they can expect more opportunities or fewer. So we watch these things and we will keep you up to date as we go further into the year. If you have questions, please reach out to us. We're info at accentbrookline.com or find us on our website, accentbrookline.com. Uh, we love getting questions from you, whether um, they're about selling your home, buying, renting, or just the market in general. That's all for now. We'll talk to you next time.